0: Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Dylan, and this is the fourth week of our series, Christian Atheist. This series focuses on those who claim to be Christians, but their lives and their actions don't reflect that to be true. This week, Jay Gray talks to us about those who believe in God, but don't think that they can change. Our prayer is that God would speak to you through this podcast, no matter where you're at in your faith. We hope you enjoy week four of Christian Atheist taking notes. Tonight's going to be a good night uh, to take some notes. We're in a series called Christian Atheist. So we've been talking about what it looks like to be a Christian atheist. So we defined it the first week. Somebody who believes in God, who says, I am a Christian, but lives as if he doesn't exist. Titus 1.6 is the verse we talked about from the very start. It says, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny God. Him. Today we're going to talk about when you believe in God, but don't believe that you can change. When you believe in God, but don't believe that you can change. We've all tried to change. Every one of us in the room has tried to change ourselves in some form or fashion. Anyone ever set a New Year's resolution? A New Year's resolution. You said this year is going to be different. Now let me, some of you guys actually, how many have never set a New Year's resolution? Raise your hand, you honestly never set one. Okay, let's try this then. How many of you at the start of a semester said, I'm gonna get all A's this semester? Anybody ever done that? Yeah, and for some of you, you actually did it, right? Like you did it and you're awesome and amazing. For some of the rest of us, that lasted a couple days, a couple weeks, maybe a couple, months. We've all tried to change. We've all said, we're going to fix this. I'm going to make this right. Maybe you even prayed and said, God, help me to change. Or you made a New Year's resolution. Or maybe you were at beach retreat. And you said, this year's going to be different. And you look back and some of you right now, you say, you know what? A year ago, I was in the same spot I'm in now. Or maybe two years ago, I was in the same spot I am now, and I've tried to change myself over and over and over again. I've even asked God to change me, but I didn't see lasting change. And some of you in this room, I'm not talking about people who aren't Christians, by the way. Some of you in this room, you're actually a Christian. You actually have a relationship with God, and you don't think that God could actually change you. You could think about things in your life that you know— That you say, you know what, I wish that wasn't a part of my life, but you don't really believe that God can change you. That's the picture of what we're talking about in this series of being a Christian atheist, because all of us have tried to change. And there's some people who've tried to change many times and failed, and you believe that you're stuck. You believe that there's no hope, you believe that you're stuck in your sin, that it's never going to change. You're always going to be this way. There's always going to be this issue. Listen to this, Second Corinthians chapter 10 says this. Paul's writing, he says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say that, demolish strongholds. demolish strongholds. Everybody say it this time, demolish strongholds. Demolish strongholds. What does that word mean, stronghold? It's a picture of being locked up in a prison, being locked up in a prison. And here's what I want you to know, Satan wants to lie to you and convince you that God can't change you. If you're a Christian and you've said that before, God changed me, or you said, I'm going to change this, and then it didn't happen and you didn't see any lasting change, maybe you saw great change for a couple days, maybe for a couple weeks, maybe for a couple hours, maybe for a couple months, but all of a sudden you look back and you say, I'm back where I started again. God didn't fix it. God can't change me. Satan wants you to believe that you are locked up. And here's some of the lies that we believe about why we can't change, some of the lies that you believe, some of the lies that I believe at times and have believed in my life, these are some of the lies that we can be tempted to believe. Number one is, this is how God made me. This is how God made me. We can begin to believe that this is how God made me. Maybe you look at your parents and you say, well, I'm just like my parents. I have the same issues my parents did. And you know, my parents, my dad gets really angry and so I get angry. And we begin to use it as an excuse. We say, this is just how I am. This is how I've been wired because that's how I grew up. That's how the tendencies that I have because that's how my parents are, or that's how God made me. Or maybe you say, these are how my circumstances shaped me. Everything around me has made me into what I am. All my circumstances around me have shaped me. You don't understand because I didn't grow up with blank. Or right now in the home I have, I don't have access to this. Or I'm not wealthy or I'm too wealthy or I have too much access or I don't have any access. All these things have happened to me. You don't understand. I didn't get the love I wanted at home. And so I'm settling for these cheap excuses of of sexual intimacy to try to get the love that I don't have. The circumstances around me have not provided for me. And so now I'm using these other things to try to fill my life up. Or maybe you say, I just don't have security in who I am, so I'm I'm doing these things, I'm saying these things, I'm hanging out with these people, I'm putting these things into my body, I'm allowing these things to be a part of my life, I'm projecting this stuff to other people so that they will think that I'm secure because I don't have security in my life. And so if I can just do this, even in just the things I post online, I'll post it on social media, I'll take a snap, I'll, take, I'll take a, uh, post a story, I'll do all these kind of things so that people think that everything's one thing when really it's not. Because if I can just portray in some form or fashion that everything's okay, then it's okay because you don't understand. My circumstances have caused me to be this way. We think our circumstances have shaped us and these are some of the lies that we believe or this is how my choices have imprisoned me. This is how my choices have actually imprisoned me. And you might look back and you say, God can't change me because you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the things I've stepped into. You don't understand the decisions that I've made. God can't change me because I've made these choices and I've created these habits because here's the truth for everyone in this room. Look at me, students. This is the truth for everyone in this room. That every one of us in this room have done something that if we looked back on it, or even if we looked ahead to it, we would say, I would never make this decision knowing what it was going to make me into. Right? If I make this decision and it starts me down this track, I would never have made that decision. If I could go back and do it again. And some of us make decisions that if we stopped for just a second and said, I'm heading myself on a new path and I'm gonna go this direction, we would say, if we had a moment of sanity, we'd say I'd never do that. Because it has caused pain and heartache and shame and guilt and frustration and all these other things that I thought it was going to fill me up, but it didn't. And here's what happens. Our choices, we make a choice, and then it opens up a a new door, a new window. And then we make that choice again, and all of a sudden it becomes easier when we start making that choice. And the choices that we make become habits that we form. And it begins to shape into the character of our lives and who we are, the things we listen to the things you put your eyes on, the people you hang out with, the stuff that you're willing to take in, the way you use your phone. For some of you, if you like, didn't have your phone for five minutes, you would start twitching because you couldn't handle it, right? If you just put your phone away, if I said, all right, I'm going to smash your phone and you're not going to have it for a week, some of you would have an immediate panic attack it wouldn't even take five minutes. You'd have a panic attack, because here's what happens: We become so attached to things that we didn't realize we were attached to, and all of a sudden they imprison us. And we can't handle our lives because we're imprisoned without even realizing it because of the choices that we make. Some of you can't even sit on the toilet without your phone in your hand. That's gross. OK? It's gross. But here's the thing. We're so attached to certain things, the decisions that we make and the choices that we make that we say they've shaped us. They actually have made us into who we are. We begin to do things without thinking about it, and that imprisons us. And this may be true. Some of those things are lies that we believe, but some of these things can be true. But what is not true is that because of those things, God can't change you. That is a lie. God absolutely can if you allow him to change you. So how are you and I going to see change in our life? If this is true, that God can change you and every one of you in the room, every one of us in the room, I'm not just saying you because there's things for me too. If every one of us wants to see change in our life, how are we going to see real and lasting change? Let me give you a couple of suggestions. Number one, focus on changing one thing and not everything. Focus on changing one thing instead of everything. Proverbs 17, 24 says, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Here's here's what I wanna tell you. If you want God to change you, don't say, all right, everything's gonna change right now. Just focus on one thing. Think of one thing that you said, if I made this change in my life, this one change in my life, this one change would impact me more than any other change. I'm just gonna focus on this one change and try to make that one change. If you say, here are 10 things that I need to change, you're probably not gonna change any of them. But if you say, I'm gonna start with this one thing and you're gonna be specific. Don't be like, I wanna be more like Jesus. That's not specific enough. Don't be like, I want to share my faith. That's not specific enough. Say, I'm going to start praying every day that God would give me an opportunity to share my faith with one of my friends, and when he does, I'm going to be bold and step through that door. That's specific. That's specific. That's something you can do. You know what it would take to accomplish that tomorrow, right? If you say, I want to get healthy, that's not specific. specific. Getting healthy is not specific. Saying I want to start working out is not specific. But if you say I want to work out five times a week for 30 minutes because I want to get healthy, then that's something specific, right? You know whether or not you've actually done it. That's specific. So focus on one thing. Be specific and be focused. Instead of all these things, pick one thing. Think about it right now. Everybody right now, think about it. If there was one thing that you say, if, I, if this could change in my life, This will be a starting point for me. I'm going to try to get this thing and allow God to change this thing. Think about one thing. What's one thing? Be specific. Be focused. Number two, focus on victory one day at a time. Focus on victory one day at a time. Jesus, when he was teaching us to pray, he he said this, give us today our daily Why did he not say, God, give me everything I need for this month? God, give me everything I need for this year? Because we need to rely on God. We need to trust God to provide for us every day, every moment. So we're going to focus on one day at a time, focus on victory one day at a time. Say, God, help me today. I've said it many times for some of you guys, just starting with your day by saying, God, I need you today. Not I need you this week, not I need you this year, but God, I need you today. And then tomorrow when you wake up, you say, God, I need you today. And then the next day when you wake up, you say, God, I need you today. Because here's the reality. Walking with Jesus is an everyday thing. My wife and I just got back. We celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary this last summer. We took a trip last week. And and here's the thing. I married my wife over 15 years ago. But every single day I have to make a decision to live in light of the fact that I married my wife 15 years ago, every single day. Now, guess what? I've been married to her for 15 years. I've, I love my wife more than anyone on the face of the planet, okay? So I still, yeah, thank you, Daniel, I appreciate that. I, I, I love my wife more than anyone on the face of the planet, but here's the thing. Every single day, I make mis- plenty of mistakes and don't always treat her the way I should, okay? But every single day, it becomes easier to wake up and be like, this is my wife, and I love my wife, and I'm committed to my wife because I've been walking in that day in a day I don't have to think about it and go, oh yeah, I'm married today, oh, I almost forgot. Like, I don't have to do that. I don't think that way because I've created a habit of every day being like, this is my wife, and I'm married to her, and I'm committed to her. Focus on your victory one day at a time. It's unrealistic to think that you're going to change everything in one day. It's unrealistic to think that you're going to change everything right now, or you're going to allow God to change everything, but it's unrealistic to think that everything is going to change in one day. So focus on one thing at a time. Focus on victory one day at a time. Next thing. This is probably the biggest one. Focus on God's power, not willpower. If there's anything else you, you hear me say tonight, this is probably the biggest one. When it comes to a Christian who doesn't think that God can actually change them, this is it. Focus on God's power, not willpower. Because if willpower was enough, and some of you guys, you might say, man, I'm really, I'm really strong-willed. You might describe yourself as somebody who's really strong or strong-willed. I want you to know something. It doesn't matter how strong-willed you are, there's not one person in this room that is strong enough to change yourself. Do you want to know why I know that? I promise you that that's true. Do you want to know why I know that? Because if you could have, you already would have. There's not one person in the room that says everything in my life is exactly the way it's supposed to be because I have the willpower to make my life everything I want it to be. I am perfected because I have the willpower to do right. The reason I know that that's not true, that nobody here has the ability to do that, is because you already would have. If you could have, you would have. And everyone in the room right now can think of something that they say, you know, I've tried to change this and I'm not able to. I want to change this and I haven't been able to. So you have to focus on God's power, not your own willpower. To change for good, we need a power beyond our own. Philippians 4.13, a very well-known verse, very misused verse says this, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But here's another verse, Colossians 1.29 To this end I labor, Paul says, to this end I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works within me. Paul does not say, to this end I'm trying to work with all the energy I have. He says, no, with all the energy of Christ that's powerfully working in me, I try to labor to allow his power to work in and through me. Focus, students. Focus on God's power, not your own willpower. And here's what's going to happen. It's going to come through surrender of that moment, like I said, of every day for you and I. I'm not just pointing at you. This is for all of us to say, God, I need you today. God, I need you today. Number four, focus on good things, not bad things. Philippians 4a says, fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right and pure Think about all you can. Praise God for and be glad about. Fix your thoughts on what is true. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What you focus on is what you move toward. If you've ever been riding a bike, maybe when you were a kid and you rode a bike, if you start looking off to the side, you ever notice that you start veering off to the side a little bit? Because that's what happens. Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're focused on, that's where you move. I always told my kids when I'm trying to help them learn to ride a bike, look ahead, stop looking down, look ahead, wherever you're looking, that's where you're going to go. If you're mowing a lawn, how many of you guys mow your lawn? Raise your hand if you mow your lawn or somebody else's lawn. Uh, If you mow a lawn, you're not supposed to look at the track right in front of you. You're supposed to look where you're going. That helps you create a straight line. Anyone ever look down and you're trying to follow the track and you look back and it looks like this and you're like, man, I thought I was right on the track the whole time. But if you look up to where you're going, you'll create a straight line. It's amazing how that works. But here's one thing I wanna point out. As I was was looking at this and studying this, this came across and it was somebody was, was talking about that we shouldn't resist, we need to refocus. We shouldn't resist temptation, we need to refocus. Bible talks about resisting the devil, not resisting temptation. And so refocusing, so let me give you an example. If you struggle with maybe you go to parties and, and drink or, or smoke or do something that you shouldn't do, you put stuff in your body that you shouldn't, what you don't do is say, you know what, I'm going to resist this time. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go with the same people to the same place, to the same party, and I'm just going to resist temptation this time because that's stupid, You don't do that. You refocus. You say, you know what? I'm not going to go with those people to that same place. I'm going to refocus my energy on something that's going to be better. And I'm going to focus on what is good. I'm going to focus on what I really need as opposed to going and doing all those things and just saying, I'm going to resist. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Another example, if you struggle with pornography, what you don't do is say, you know what? I'm just gonna open up my computer late at night or have be on my phone late at night when I'm all by myself and, and I'm, gonna, you know, I'm gonna open up these sites, but I'm just not gonna look. I'm just not gonna look very long. I'm gonna follow these people on, on Instagram and on Snapchat that I probably shouldn't follow because it sends me down a spiral if I do that. Maybe what you should do is refocus and say, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of that stuff. I'm gonna turn the computer off, I'm gonna turn my phone off. I'm gonna keep it away from me at these times that I know it causes me problems. And so I'm just going to put this away. I'm going to get rid of this. Instead of trying to resist it, I'm going to refocus. And I'm going to say, you know what? What needs to be on my phone that's going to help me? What needs to be on the computer that's going to help me? What do I need to do to shape the things around me that are going to be healthy for me ultimately? It's amazing how quiet it just got in the room. So we refocus and we replace. One of the ways we do that is by spending time in God's Word. Say it all the time. If you don't spend time in God's Word, if I don't spend time in God's Word, if we're not allowing God's Word to pour into us, then it's no surprise what's going to come out. That we're going to have problems because we're not renewing our mind with His Word. Next thing, focus on doing good and not feeling good. Galatians 5.16 says, Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Listen to this. It's always easier to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. Here's what that means. If we follow our feelings all the time, then we're going to make a whole lot of mistakes. We're going to go the wrong direction because if we just want what feels good or what feels right, we're not going to be able to allow God to change us. Because there are some things that you and I need to do where we say, you know what, even though I don't feel like doing this, I know that this is what I need to do. So I'm going to start the action of doing it. And guess what? Your feelings will catch up. Anyone ever started working out before? You said, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start working out. Maybe you play a sport, you're out of shape and you start running, you start working out, you start lifting weights. It doesn't feel good, especially the second day, right? You work out, you do something, the next day you're sore, your muscles are sore, and you're like, i got to work out again? And here's what you do. You act your way into a feeling instead. So what you start doing is you keep doing the action no matter how it feels because you know that's what you need. And then eventually your feelings begin to catch up because you're like, you know what, I feel better. I feel better about how everything's going because I feel healthier, here's what's going to happen. If you start getting, stop allowing your feelings to determine your actions and you start saying, I'm going to make the right action, I'm going to do the right thing, then here's what's going to happen. Your feelings are going to come along. You begin to honor your parents. Bible says if you honor your parents, your mother and father, it'll go well with you. You begin to honor your parents. And guess what happens? You're like, man, life is actually a little easier. I don't feel like honoring my parents, but I feel better honoring my parents. So I think I should keep honoring my parents. So you start doing an action and then you begin to feel better as opposed to consistently going after what feels good. Focus on doing good, not feeling good. Next thing, focus on people who can help you, not hinder you. First Corinthians 15 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of you in this room right now, this is the verse. You need to know, memorize and put into your memory bank. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Here's another thing, by the way. Bad company corrupts bad character too. If you have bad character, it's going to be even more corrupted by bad company. But if you have good character, it's still going to be corrupted by bad company. Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is why it's so important what we do when we have weekend Bible study. If you're not a part of weekend Bible study, I want to challenge you, encourage you to be a part of it on Saturdays and Sundays. That's when people sit in groups. That's why groups are important. You're face to face with people instead of just sitting side by side listening. You actually get to talk to people and some of those kind of things. It's amazing what happens. Come to be a part of it. That's why beach retreat is such a powerful time because everybody's having this shared experience. And you get into your condos and you're, you're having this shared experience and all of a sudden these people are encountering Jesus and your conversations start to change a little bit. And I know there's some people that don't actually change and, and they're still going crazy and stuff like that. But a lot of you have experienced this where other people around you are having a great encounter with Jesus and you're having a great encounter with Jesus and you're like, man, this is amazing. Why can't we just stay here? That's why it's so important to have people around you, leaders and friends. Focus on people who can help you and not hinder you. Next thing is focus on progress, not on perfection. Focus on progress, not on perfection. That's what I was talking about earlier. When it comes to working out and stuff like that, you always feel bad right at the start, but you focus on, I'm getting better. Today, it's gotten better. God, I need you again today. You're focusing on the victory. Philippians 1.6 says, Be confident of, I'm confident of this, that he who began, a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means you let God start working in your life. For some of you, one of the reasons you think that God can't change you is because you're not allowing him to work in your life. You're actually intentionally or unintentionally not allowing him to work in your life. So my challenge to you is to focus on progress, not perfection. Not that you're gonna be perfect tomorrow, but that you say, God, I wanna be more like you today. And then God, work in me. God, this thing in my life, I want you to work it out of me and I want you to work in me. God, I wanna pour your word into my life. I'm actually gonna spend time in your word because I believe that I can renew my mind and you can change my heart. And you allow him to work in you and then you allow him to work through you. It starts with you just allowing him to start working, and then the Bible says that he will carry it on to completion. If you would allow him to start, you'll see him change your life. Some of you just go through day in and day out without ever even trying to allow God to work in you. If you want to see real and lasting change, you allow God to work in you. There's a couple things, we'll finish with this, that'll, that cause people to change. One is when they hurt enough that they have to change. Some of you, hopefully, you've gotten to the point, I don't want anybody to be at this point, but some of you have gotten to the point, and I'm hoping that if you've been hurting because of things that have happened in your life or things you've done, I'm hoping you've gotten to a point where you say, I'm, I'm done. I don't want this hurt. I don't want this pain anymore. Some people change because they've been hurt enough and they say, I don't want this anymore. Some people, it's when they learn enough that they want to change. They change when they learn enough. You say, you say, you know what? I haven't thought about what what this track is that I'm going on, but now I begin to realize if I continue down this track, it's gonna take me to a place I never wanted to go. It's gonna take me further than I ever wanted to go and cost me more than I ever wanted to pay. So I'm not gonna go down that track anymore. Or the last one, I'm hoping this this would be the case for everybody. Things that cause people to change is when they receive enough that they're able to change. When you receive strength from the Spirit of God. When you receive strength from the Word of God. And you receive strength from the people of God. Strength from the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is the only thing that's ever going to change you. And it comes as you pour the Word of God into your heart. Because there are promises in God's Word that you can begin to hold on to. And you can know that you can change. Not that you're going to change yourself, but that he's going to change you. And you can hold on to that and say, God, you've said you can change me. I know you can change me. I believe you can change me. I'm not just saying I believe in you, but don't think you can change me. I believe in you and know that you can change me. And so I'm going to hold on to that and God, I'm going to ask you to change me today. And then you're gonna pour yourself into God's word and then you're gonna tell somebody else or you're gonna say, I need your help. I don't want this to be a part of my life. I'm asking God to change it, but I need strength from the word of God. I need strength from the people of God and more importantly, God, I need the strength from the spirit of God. I need your strength. No matter how you came in here tonight, every one of us in the room has something tonight that I'm praying that God points out to you. You say, God, I'm sick of that. I'm done with that. God, change me. And my prayer tonight is for some of you in this room, you've thought that this would never change, but it was a lie. And my prayer is that you'd begin to realize that no matter what it is you've done, no matter what it is you're going through, no matter what problem it is you've thought, He couldn't change, that you'd know tonight that God can change you.